Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I woke up at 5 a.m. Put on my camouflage. Wiped off my 243 and fired up my Dodge. Headed out to my old deer stand back in the pines. Gonna get me a 10-point buck with 11-inch pines. I'm a bad Welcome back to hour number two of Jim Strader Outdoors. If you're just joining the broadcast, we're talking about some sweeping changes to the deer regulations that are being proposed for the March 23rd Fish and Wildlife Commission meeting in Frankfurt. They include a lot of different issues, uh, removal of additional deer permits. There will no longer be a charge to kill additional does. I think it's a great idea. Uh, they're going to take archery season and run it September 1st forward. No problem with that as long as it's archery only in that portion. They're going to talk about expanding the modern gun season to 16 days in all four zones. I've heard a lot of concern from some of the folks in the eastern portion of the state about that because they're still having problems with EHD dials over there and they feel that uh, their herd still needs some protection in that regard. Creation of an antlerless-only modern gun hunt in the Zone 1 counties. They didn't mention specific dates there, but it's my understanding they're looking at September, which, again, I question uh, killing does that early in the year in big numbers. That ought to be, in my opinion, in October. Uh, and then, of course, the expansion of crossbow across the whole uh, situation. We are going to do open lines now. would love to hear from you. The numbers tonight, 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. And we have Tony Brown on the line. Tony is a former 3rd District Commissioner for the Kentucky Department of Fish and Wildlife Resources, has been involved in a lot of these discussions at the table up there in the past. Tony, um, I know you're pretty passionate about this subject. What are your thoughts about this expansion and these fairly, I think it's fair to say, radical changes to the deer rigs? Well, I appreciate you having a show that could open eyes to the sportsmen out there because apparently the department, they want to put this information out for us. You know, uh, I was really 
surprised to see this is going to be a voted item because I talked to uh, Karen Walter, the deputy commissioner, you know, a couple of months ago on a text message, and she said, no, this was just for discussion only. It would not be voted on, and here we go. Well, and, you know, and since then I've, you know, since then I've texted her, you know, trying to get a response on it, and she's not answered. I mean, usually she always did, so I, I don't know what the deal is there. But you know, those guys sitting around that table weren't there when this compromise or this agreement was made. Um, the people that wrote our constitution are all dead too. Does that make it go away? You know, there's people who want to pound on it all the time, but uh, this is the word, and those guys sitting around that table got to understand, but. I don't know those guys. I know the chairman shouldn't be there. It's everything that's been out in the front of him. So, you know, the integrity the department should have with us has gone away with that. And if they do this, uh, it's another thing to shoot your integrity. So how 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 the sports are supposed to say this department represents me when they cram this, you know, and it's not for opportunities, which that commission is sitting there for, is to vote for opportunities. Opportunities are plenty there. This is driven by these land leases and, and the people who want to sell these crossbows. That's what it's driven by. Because, you know, they fought crossbows. The same commission fought crossbows on their elk. They, they thought they were wounding too many elk. Uh, so what's what's it with this, with the deer? You know, what's, what's changed? Um, I don't understand that. Then another part of that, when you say there's a blanket here on, 16 days of hunting, gun hunting. Uh, you know, the people in the 3rd District, especially Breckridge and Meade County, voiced their opinions of them two different years in a row. And they took a vote on that, and it was 75 to 1. You know, the one person voting for this expansion was a lease company. And <clears throat> so they're just going to go ahead and just force it. You know, that's that's not how it works, and it's not how it should work. And that's what causes all the controversy down the road between the sportsmen and the department, they have to go to legislators and smack them in the face because it's not right. Well, it's not It's not right, and this is going to create a tremendous amount of turmoil, additional turmoil, and additional amount of ill will towards the department at a time, to your point. You know, we've got the chairman of the commission sitting there. Uh, this is a guy that baited ducks so another hunter couldn't hunt, and he was able to do a plea in court, but that doesn't have anything to do with the ethical side of that situation no. from my perspective anyway and uh it's my understanding he's one of the leading proponents of this crossbow deal that's what well, my sources of fish and wildlife tell me you know those guys you know should have taken this out to the sportsman groups and, and, and figure out what they really wanted but it's not been done because they're going to vote on it this quickly. So it's not been brought out to us, and that's who they represent. I don't care what they feel the, the best. It's, it's what the people they represent want, you know. And, and you know, Rusty Gaylor wanted to do this on this expansion of this uh, Breckridge County, Meade County, put them in his own two. And uh, we talked him into having the meetings, and that was two years in a row. And he gets down there in Breckridge County, you know, they just stick it down his throat and say, hey, you know, this is not what we want. Now, you know, they always want to plead with the people out here and say 95% of the hunting property is private. Well, the one way to keep it private is keep sticking this down their throat and not paying attention to the sportsmen out here, the people who own, own this land, because they're going to cut them clear off. Yeah, and they that, don't have any place to hunt. And that's going to impact the gun hunters, small game hunters, and everyone. And Tony, is there any doubt in your mind that the lethality of a crossbow uh, 
let's face it, you know, they, there's ads out. Here's your near your new rifle. Raven Crossbow Company has an ad out that literally says, "Here's your new rifle," because it shoots over 400 feet a second. They've got uh, an advertisement out shows them putting uh, uh, arrows in a teacup at 100 yards. Is there any doubt in your mind that that's going to kill too many bucks before they get a chance to breed? I mean, why are they pushing it for the first September? Because this is the only opening they've got that they really wanted. And this is going to this is going to bring the people in, you know. And our licenses are too darn cheap anyway. You know, for, you try to go some of these other states and hunt premier animals like that and see what it costs you. You know, it, 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 our licenses are too cheap for these people to come in here. You know, if they're going to do something like that, then put the damn license up there, which. Big money where you at? Where we have to pay to go? Well, you know, uh, curiously but, enough, the non-resident license fees are the one they didn't raise this last time. Imagine that. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> imagine that. You know, they really got. You know, they really got our back. You know, I, I don't. <clears throat> sorry to say, I felt like I had a good rapport with those people up there, but apparently I don't. You know, and uh, where they're sliding to, I don't know. You know, we they didn't think. They didn't think uh, that we had the power to get term limits. And guess what? They got term limits. Uh, they want to second guess what the sportsman groups can do out here now. Let them keep on. You know, uh, they're going to turn around. They're not even going to have the commission. You know, that's what it's going to lead to. If we can't depend on them representing us, then why do we need them? Okay. Well, uh, I, I totally understand, and I agree with you. They're there to represent the sportsmen. If they keep the sportsmen in the dark and force feed stuff, the way this is being done, we're getting screwed. That's just the bottom line. Well, it, we should have a voice in it, and, and they're going right to a vote without bringing it out here, and you know, all of a sudden you find out, uh, hey, this has happened. You know, and, and probably, I don't know what the percentage, 85% of the sports you know, the hunters out there don't even know that commission exists. You know, they they just they want to know how much my license are, when does the season start, and how many fish I can catch or how many deer I can kill. And that's what they're interested in. But for people, you know, for your shows to educate them that, you know, your resources that continue, you've got to listen, you know, and you got to protect. And that's not, that's not what they're doing up there. They're not listening to us. And they're not protecting our animals. They're not. These, these, these commissioners are supposed to keep a watchful eye on that department. And that is, you know, provide the opportunities when needed, but it's also got to protect the critters, and they're not doing that. Okay. Well, Tony, I appreciate you calling in as a former commissioner uh, who had the utmost respect from our district and on the commission at large. Uh, I really appreciate your comments, partner. Well, yeah, you know, it's what's, what's going to happen, you know, Mike's up there, and I appreciate Mike being there. I've only a long time, and you guys, you know, we're all we're right there where hair is turning gray, what hair we have. What's going to happen behind us? That's what scares me. Me too. You know, this is about the future, and folks better be doing a lot of thinking about this and get all the information they can so they can form a an opinion based upon facts rather than emotion. Right. All okay. right, Tony. All thank right. you, sir. Right. Thank you. we got to go to break here, folks, to call us tonight, 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. This break is presented by SMI Marine. All kind of bass boats, bass boats on sale, aluminum fishing boats on sale, and they'll be glad to get you on the water and rigged up for spring. Go see them. They're good folks. Remember, you never get soaked by my friends at SMI Marine. And welcome back to Jim Strader Outdoors. We're talking about changes in the deer regulations tonight. 
Numbers 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. And we've got a distinguished guest here on the line, Senator Paul Hornback. Hey, Paul, how you doing? I'm doing well, Jim. How are you doing tonight? Well, I'm hanging in there and holding up the flag for the wildlife tonight, Paul. This is a tough issue, and it's being done in a slam-bam, thank-you-ma'am fashion where we're being treated like mushrooms and fed the byproduct of cattle raising, if you will. That's right. You're not being listened to, and I appreciate you having the show tonight, Jim. And thank Ed and Mike for being on the show, too. Thank, uh, thank you. Show, and uh, I think you all are right on with that. You know, I'm a farmer out here in Shelby County, and, and I have a lot of wildlife out here, and I enjoy the wildlife. In fact, I'm looking out my door at a couple of swans on my lake out here, Jim. I'll be and, darned. Uh, but uh, on the, the deer situation, you know, I think we all realize as sportsmen that, you know, starting to hunt earlier using crossbows is not the way you control the herd. Um you know, I would have thought that the commissioners would have listened more to the sportsmen inside this state about this issue. Well, the problem was this wasn't taken out and vetted in the districts, and they're pushing hard and saying the points we're making up aren't valid, and I will argue them to the last breath. You cannot kill fawn deer in early September, or, or excuse me, does. In early September, not have increased fawn mortalities, number one. But most importantly, this is designed, in my estimation, to bring non-resident hunters to the state of Kentucky because we're the only state that opens early enough to kill velvet bucks. A buck that's killed in September certainly ain't going to breed in November, and, and it will skew the harvest towards bucks even more than it is now, and I'm Senator, you know me. I'm, I'm sensitive to Farm Bureau's concerns about too many deer collisions. I'm very sensitive to the farmer's situation with crop depredation that you all have to put up with. But putting crossbows in September is not going to cure that. If anything, it's going to make it worse because these people are going to kill more bucks, and the does are ne- what we need to kill to control the herd. Well, and Jim, I think you're spot on on that. And, and I'm out here on the farm. I'm out here in the field all the time. You know, I go out and I see in September, early September, mid-September, I see these fawns still with their mothers out there. And and that's not what we need to be doing is taking them away at that time with crossbows. Also, my hunters here on my property, the hunters that I have come in here, I tell all of them, bucks are not the problem. If you get one buck, you've got to get two does. Because I don't want all the bucks killed out. I want to preserve the wildlife that's here, and I want it to flourish in the future. And having, opening it up so we can kill more bucks is not what needs to be done. Well, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And as, Paul, speaking as a farmer, speaking as a member of the legislature that serves on those ag committees, I doubt really that the farming community that's being represented in the legislature understands this issue the way we have discussed it tonight. Do you think they do? Oh, I don't think they understand it at all. And I don't think there something was mentioned that I didn't know as when we raised the uh, price of, of hunting here in, in Kentucky that we didn't raise it for non-residents. And I'm almost certain none of our members know that. And, you know, tourism is a big thing. We need to attract people into the state for sportsmen, uh, events, and other things. But uh, making it, uh, you know, raising our sportsman's price and not raising the out-of-state sportsman is not the right thing to do. And I assure you that our members don't know that. 
Well, we're going to do everything we can to educate those folks, and I would appreciate it if you would do the same because this this came from nowhere, Paul. I was contacted by Commissioner Johnson uh, as a result of a promise he made to me that he would let me know if crossbow was going to be an issue again. He did call me before the committee meeting, but it was merely mentioned as a point of discussion. Uh, Deputy Commissioner Karen Waldrop told uh, and uh, Mike Roberts, you you were privy to this yes. uh, being yes. passed along. She told, uh, "What do you tell?" Well, she our uh, past president uh, Gary Williams from Western Kentucky uh, has been mm-hmm. involved in this issue for quite a while, and Gary has had some health issues, and. Uh, Karen had, uh, Waldrop had told him that there wouldn't be any need to come to this meeting because it's just an update item on it. Said there would be no action taken and, and no discussion. And it turned out that wasn't it's the exactly case, Paul. the opposite of that, yes. And there was no discussion out in the districts about it before? And, no notification whatsoever. And so it's, it's, uh, it's another case where very radical changes, and folks just don't understand the issue. And whether I agree or disagree isn't the point. The point of my show is to get the information out there and for it to be factual, and that's what this is an attempt to do because the average squirrel and rabbit hunter had no idea that this is going to increase this land leasing problem. There's, I'll give you an example, Senator. There's archery shops all across western Kentucky in particular have gone out of business uh, because of the amount of non-resident hunting has leased up all the ground. Yeah. Small sporting goods owners are closing down because they the rabbit and squirrel and quail hunters don't have any place to hunt anymore. This is a debacle, and the department yeah, and has that, turned the that, bo- Yeah, that's happening in my district. I mean, the hunters around here, my local hunters, can't find places to hunt because the out-of-state groups have come in and they're leasing up all the hunting rights, so they're having that trouble here. Uh, I tell you, Jim, I'm going to give the commissioner a call uh, and talk to him first of the week. And uh, and see what's going on with this, and why this hasn't been discussed, you know, statewide. Why we haven't discussed this amongst us here in the state? Well, I, I would deeply appreciate any input you could give us, Senator, because we're up against it here. This is being force fed, from my yeah. perspective. Uh, and and again, we've been kept in the dark. It was pushed through wildlife committee without us knowing. I didn't even go to the wildlife committee meeting because I was informed that it was not going to be an action item. I yeah. certainly would have seen to it that those commissioners around the table heard my objections to it, right or wrong. At least they need to look at the facts. They need to listen. That's right. That's right. Well, you keep up the good work. You're doing a good job, and this is something that needs to be spread out there. This is the right place to do it, and uh, I'll be in there helping you. Thank you, Senator. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. All right, we got to go to break here, folks. Uh, coming back from break, we have an announcement about a public meeting that our commissioner, Rusty Gaylor, 3rd District Commissioner, has called at Cabela's tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. And uh, I'll talk about that coming back from break. This break is presented by Mossy Oak Properties, Hart Realty. Paul Thomas is the broker there. Great outdoor properties of all types. He'll even help you obtain financing if it's at all possible. And they've got all kind of listings on the web at mophartrealty.com. And Mossy Oak Properties, Heart Realty on Facebook and on other social media. Check them out. We'll be back right after this.
And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. Numbers 571-8484 and 1-800-444-8484. And, uh, again, I've got two guests in the studio with me tonight, Ed Morris, who's with QDMA, past president of the League of Kentucky Sportsmen, and Mike Roberts, who's with the Professional Bow Hunter Society and a, an official Pope and Young scorer. Let's go to Paul, who's been holding. Yes, Paul. Hi, Jim. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. Hey, I was listening to the past commissioner a little bit. I live in Louisville, but I've hunted in Indiana most of my life because uh, my family owns property over there. And hunted 25 years at Fort Knox up until this past year. And uh, some of the things they're talking about doing, uh, well, one thing is raising the rates over here, but not on the out-of-state hunters. Uh, even though my family owns property, the uh, Indiana changed the rules a couple of years ago. You can get a combo license down and kill a buck and a doe and use all, you know, a bow and uh, gun and muzzleloading. It costs you $290. Now, prior to that and right now, if you buy an individual license, you have to pick a weapon and what sex deer you're going to kill. You could spend over $1,000 in the county I hunt in to kill a buck and the five does that you're entitled to. Yes, in Indiana so, you're talking so, about. Yes, sir. Yeah, so we're way too cheap over here in Kentucky. My friends that live over there can come over here for a third of the cost and uh, and hunt. And the other thing is is the rules and regulations that they put into place over several years at Fort Knox basically decimated the deer population. Now, the biologist out there will tell you a big tall tail and all oh, no, over doing fine but i like i said the last 10 years of Fort Knox, some of the policies they put in and then the wasting disease and other things like that the deer population there is not good at all and uh and as far as the traffic i personally i think the insurance uh is the exact reason why they're making it earlier and then i took my granddaughter this year first time Youth hunt in Indiana, which is really early in September, to give the kids a chance. But I had to sit there and explain to an eleven-year-old little girl why we shot a doe who was nursing, still nursing does. You know they're fawns. Well, how'd that go? I'd love to hear how that went for you. I wouldn't well, want to be in that position personally. Well, she was pretty, still pretty pumped because it was her first year and all that. But you know, she was pretty sad about that part of it, and it was you know kind of. Uh, heartbreaking for both of us, you know. It was like, well, you know, what do you tell them? It's like, hey, we're we're out here too early, and uh, and that's that's what we're getting ready to do here with our this early bull hunt, September first, and killing off the doe population when they're still, uh, you know, raising their young. It's just ridiculous. Well, and, you turn uh, you turn those orphan fawns that still should have had mother's milk into coyote baits. What you've done. Right, absolutely. And the cows are out of control, but, you know, it's, uh, but, you know, the, some of the things we need to look at because there are just right here in Jefferson County, what they should do is figure out how to let people hunt in more populated areas with their bows and crossbows. Exactly. That's a great place for expansion of crossbow opportunity, uh, in right. many regards. To more populated areas and, uh, and, you know, and not get out here in these other areas because and I live right in in the city. I've got deer coming right into my neighborhood in the wintertime looking for stuff to eat. 
Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, so. But anyway, I thought I'd just say, hey, you know, I don't. It, it's so expensive for me to take now my grandkids who live over here, over in Indiana, is that instead of raising our prices, I wish they would lower theirs. <laughs> and uh, But, you know, they're putting the average guy out of business. Absolutely, uh, and they don't realize it. They're killing the use of laid the golden egg. we got a great deer herd now. I, I right. say this all the time, Paul, and I want to say this, and I hope folks will listen closely to what I'm getting ready to say. Let's say that I'm wrong, Ed's wrong, Mike's wrong, Senator Hornback's wrong, Tony Brown's wrong, whoever. Mm. We still will have things as good as we got it right now if we're wrong. And, buddy, we got it really good. If they yeah, institute this and they're wrong, there's hell to pay, and our youngsters coming up and our future hunters won't enjoy the same quality deer hunting that we've had, and that, to me, is an abysmal decision. It's stupid. Right. The, the old it saying, is. only a fool doesn't know when they got it really good. And I just right. I, I think they're just – I don't know what they're thinking. I, I, well, most, most people at, in Frankfurt, they probably don't hunt. And the other thing is, is that a lot of people, I've been hunting for 45 years since I was 17 years old, and deer season was three days. You had an opportunity to kill a buck for two days, and on the third day, if you were in a county and there was very few, then you could try to kill a doe. I went 10 years before I killed my first deer because all I seen was does on buck on buck day and bucks on doe day. So yep. it took and people don't realize how good we do have it. But I would, you do have a fellow on there from the Quality Deer Management Association. Yes, sir. I would like to say a personal thank you. My daughter's in the military. They put on a fantastic hunt for the youth kids uh, at Otter Creek Park this year. My granddaughter participated. Next year, my my other granddaughter's going to be old enough to go to. Thank you very much. It was absolutely fantastic. Just fantastic. Well, this is Ed with with uh, QDMA, and we certainly uh, are glad that your granddaughter and you all had a great time. We've got a great staff of people, uh, including the chairman, Joe Shreves, of that event, who's turned it into a first-class event. So glad you enjoyed it. Thank you, Paul. Glad we appreciate it. it. Let's Thank go to you. Scott, who's calling from Louisville. Yes, Scott, you're up. Hey, Jim, can you hear me, bro? I can. All right, great, man. I'll tell you what, man. I have listened to your show for weekend after weekend. And for year after year, and I tell you what, you have the best forum to put these issues and episodes and everything out there. I tell you what, you know, with the whole commissioner and everything, even I don't hear about this in my everyday life. I hear about it from you, you know, and I appreciate what you do. And I, Gary Roman's great every time you have him on, you know, and uh, and I, we, we absolutely really appreciate what you do for the hunters and the fishers and the Commonwealth. I, I really appreciate it, sir. Well, that means a lot to me, Scott, because I've no doubt there's going to be some of these crossbow group people that are going on the Internet and slaughter me. Probably are doing it as we speak. But you know what? All I ask, listen to what I've got to say and form your opinion according to facts. If you don't agree with the facts, that's fine, too. But as I said to our last caller, if I'm wrong and it stays the way it is, we've got it great. Wow. Well, I mean, we we are blessed. We are so blessed in the state of Kentucky, and we have everything going great for us now. But you're right. You know, I don't know about the leadership with the uh, with the commission. No, I'm, I'm not really sure about all that, you know, and I, I don't believe right now they're doing the best things for us. And I've heard your shows, 
and I just wonder, and I, you know, I'm just putting it out there, you know. But I also do believe that we need to do more predator hunting, you know, because these coyotes, I tell you what, I live in Fern Creek, and these suckers are everywhere. Every time I get on the Gene Snyder, from the Gene Snyder to Westport Road every day, I tell you what, I three, three or four every day. Oh, I know. And I tell you what, that, that, hey, you talk about decimating the herd, them coyotes are doing the turkeys, the deer, and you. I'm talking about everything. They're they're really bad at it. Yeah. Well, I, I want to give you a comparison. I want to give you a comparison, as I'm, if I may, killing large numbers of does with a crossbow early in September before those fawns are weaned would be about like killing a hen turkey when the poults had just learned to fly. Would they live? Yes, yeah. Is their survival rate going down the toilet? Absolutely. It's not the way to go about controlling no. the herd. If you want to control the herd. Let them wean their fawns and then blister them. I'm a proponent of killing does. I, I'm a, anybody that listens to my program knows that, but I'm not a proponent of killing them early when those fawns aren't weaned yet. No, because if you do that, then you're taking the hen out of uh, you're taking the fox out of the hen or the hen foxes. Let, you let the fox in the hen house. That's exactly so, right, Scott. I tell you what. Now look, I'll tell you what, uh, Jim. I'll tell you what. You know, people say. This, that, and the other thing. I, you deserve the right to have this show and do what you do, but you've also, in our eyes, earned the right to have this show to speak for the state of Kentucky, and we appreciate what you do. Thank every you, damn weekend. I promise you, sir. Thank you so we much, love you so I, much. And I'm gonna get off, I'm gonna get off the horn. <laughs> let you finish your show. Thank you, buddy. All right, partner. Thank you very much. Let's go to Bill Haycraft, who's been holding. Bill's a former president of the League of Kentucky Sportsman, a gentleman that you know Ed all too well. Yes, Bill. Hi, Jim. Hi, Bob. Robert. And uh, uh, Ed. Um, Jim, when I was president of the League of Kentucky Sportsman, um, I went to every district meeting in the state of Kentucky. I followed uh, the uh, commissioners around in places they'd ever believed I would show up. And I heard the sportsmen of the state of Kentucky from Hazard and Harlan and Pikeville and London and Somerset all the way over to Kentucky Dam Village, up to Cincinnati, Owensboro, Ashland, you name it. I heard them ask questions of the commissioners. And I heard John Gassett, Dr. John Gassett, say, we will not discuss crossbows. That is a moot dead issue with the Department of Fish and Wildlife. Now, I challenge your our commissioners to go back and dig those records out and listen to what the commissioner told the sportsman in the state of Kentucky. I heard him. I've got him on record. You know, I told you several months ago that I had a disc and I was uh, on my hard drive with all the minutes of the league when I was president, when I was vice president, when I was third district director. And I started to trash that, but I didn't, and I'm glad I didn't. Well, I'm glad you didn't as well, Bill, because it's it's out there. It's a matter of record. I was at the table when that promise was made. Uh, the cabinet secretary was at the table when the – Promise was made. Representative Tommy Turner was at the table when the pro- uh, promise was made. Senator Gary Tapp, who Senator Hornback seceded as a state senator, was at the table. The president of the League of Kentucky Sportsman at the time, Ronnie Wells, was at the table. Uh, gosh, 
UBK. United Bowhunters of Kentucky were at the table. The crossbow people were at the table. And Commissioner John Gassett signed off on that as a result of a phone call to the commission where they all agreed that the proposal and change that allowed the crossbow season, October 1 through the dates that everyone agreed upon, was to be set in stone and would not be changed. Didn't take too much time. What, six, eight years later, they came to us about seniors. And I was sensitive to that. Mike Roberts, you remember, we discussed that. Yes. Ed, you remember, and we said, you know what, that's reasonable. Uh, The reason it was reasonable is because folks 65 and older start to have physical issues that prevent them from hunting. But there isn't any reason folks uh, that want to hunt with a crossbow, A, can't be happy with the October season dates and the December dates they've got. To that point, they're only harvesting 3% of the deer now when they got those opportunities. So what this is really about is individuals that want to hunt velvet bucks with a crossbow. And I'm of the opinion it's going to have a very detrimental effect to our herd. It's deeper than that, Jim. Oh, at I'm... Robinson, at Rob, and you know this, but at Robinson Forest in Perry County, Breathitt County, Kentucky, I've hunted on that property and I've killed an elk there. And uh, there is an elk viewing station there where uh, some of the commissioners go and have a, you know, a powwow around a campfire occasionally. I was told by a very close friend of mine that three of our former commissioners said, as soon as we can do it, when the, when the ground is clear, I don't know what they meant by the ground being clear, we're going to bring crossbows back because there's too much money in it. Oh, I'm aware of that. And I appreciate you putting that out there, Bill, because... It's about non-resident license sales, which is going to be the ultimate demise of hunting opportunity by resident hunters. It's about advertisements from the crossbow community. Uh, It's about outfitters putting pressure on the commissioners and, and the legislature about leasing up more and more ground. And unfortunately, in the past, no one's looked at the downside of that. And the time for that is not now. The time for looking at that and restricting it so our resident hunters have opportunity is well past. And we better be thinking about that pronto. There's an issue that I think the sportsmen in the state could get around in unison very, very quickly. And it's one that I would appreciate them putting on the agenda day before yesterday, if you will. Now, there's one other thing I'd like to say, and then I'm a clear. So All right, I've got to go to break quick, Bill. Um, my uh, Ed Morris made the statement of passing on those does. The Bible says if you find a hen on the nest, do not bother that nest. Don't take her eggs or the chick. The same principle we're talking about. We've been highly blessed in this state by Almighty God. We have. And, and, if, 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 and it can be taken away just as easy as we get it. Well, that's, that's a fact. And as I said earlier, God... In his providence, made these fawns to be nursed until the mass crop came available in October. Absolutely. Uh, these now you these folks that want to argue otherwise are arguing against nature and what I think the Lord's providence gives. Bill, I got to go to break, buddy. Bye. This break is presented by SMI Marine, eleven four hundred Westport Road. Go see them; they'll take great care of you. Lots of 
bolts and deals. Remember, you never get soaked at SMI. And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. And, gentlemen, uh, we got about three minutes here. Mike Roberts, any closing thoughts from you? Yes, Jim. Uh, I'd like to point out that uh, these facts and figures we've been putting out by other states here have been collected by states that have had crossbow for some time, inclusion in the total archery season. And they're all documented and pretty much it points that there's not an increase in the state's deer kill. Uh, the the numbers of bow hunters decrease due to some of them going to the crossbow. Gun hunters decrease somewhat going to the crossbow. And the uh, total deer kill is the same as before, and you're not getting... But it's skewed more towards bucks. Right. There's where the real rub starts and, to come and in. They're not as, uh, there's no new licenses being sold. It's the same people going to a different weapon. Very good. Thank you, Mike. Ed Morris? Uh, yeah, the first thing I want to do is remind everybody... Tomorrow night, 6.30 at Cabela's, our 3rd District Commissioner, Rusty Gaylor, uh, put this meeting together. It's a town hall meeting to talk about these issues. Uh, Rusty is already on record as opposing the crossbow expansion, but he set it up so people can come. So tomorrow night, 6.30 at Cabela's. Uh, you might want to get there early if you want to get a seat. So, uh, you know, the other thing I had, Jim, was like Mike said, these are hard facts. Uh, a lot of the arguments uh, – it's going to increase sales. It didn't occur in any of these states. Sales still went down. It didn't put more hunters. They just took them from one area and moved them to the other area. And then the most boating deal to me is still the hunter success ratio for for regular bows, 27%. Crossbow hunter success, 58%. You're going to kill a lot more deer in that early season. And a lot of them are going to be velvet bucks. And those are bucks that don't get to breed and we all know if an outstater comes here, he ain't holding out for 160. If he sees a decent buck in velvet, he's going to knock it down. I appreciate y'all's input. Again, that meeting is at 630 at Cabela's here in Louisville, and it's tomorrow night. So if you have any thoughts or suggestions, be on board. I'll be out there, as I think you guys will. And I appreciate everybody's input tonight. God bless everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.